Father God, I thank you. You are an awesome God. I thank you that your presence in this place. Holy Spirit, I pray that you take the words spoken today and that they be life. I pray the words I speak will be the words of heaven, will be the will of the Father. Father, I pray the words that come out of my mouth will be guided by you, Holy Spirit that they will cut into our lives, Lord. They will cut away the stress. They will cut away the rubbish. They will cut away the pressure. And they will give us a revelation of Jesus Christ. That no matter what this world throws at us, our God reigns. That we have Emmanuel, God with us. Come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. Let your anointing power be in this place. Jesus Christ, the anointed one, and his anointing be in this place. We pray in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen. All right. If you got your Bibles there, Luke chapter 1, because a Bible is a good thing to have. You know, people get stressed out. People get worried. People get upset. People get all, ah, this time of the year. You know, oh, we've got to buy presents. Oh, do we have the money for the presents? Oh, we've got to deal with family. Got to do all the family things. I worked out my calendar for this week. Hope nobody needs any pastoral care or visitation. If you do, Ken's available. (laughs) Or during the day, Dale's around. Because it's just like, I got double bookings. I'm not upset about some of those because it means I can't go to certain things I don't really want to go to, but, you know, it's like I'm sitting there going, man, you know, it's, it's kids' school stuff season and it's work stuff season and it's family stuff season and it's just like, man. And then you've got to do all that shopping in between. You know, we made the mistake of going to the shops yesterday at about one o'clock. At 1.45, we just left. <laughs> no, it was about 2 o'clock, wasn't it? You know, they were out again last night. We were, had something on Friday night. And it's just like, it's stacking up and stacking up. And we're driving to church this morning and Isaac's falling asleep on the seat because he's had too many late nights because stuff going on. And it's really easy to let what is happening around you control how you think and feel. It's easy. You know, I walked out of where we were last night and I felt physically sick. And I'm sitting down and, and, and I'm, you know, preparing for the day and I'm just sitting there and I just had to put some music on and just pray in tongues. It's all I could do. And it's easy to let what is happening around you control and influence how you act and how you feel. But that's wrong. You can't necessarily control what is happening around you. But you can control how you react and how you act within that situation. Does that make sense? You got a tornado coming at you, you can control where that tornado goes. You got a storm happening around you, you can control where that storm goes. And you can either come under that storm 
Or you can speak to the storm. Hey, one guy say this week, he says, anytime the cloud's above you, there's a voice. Look for the voice in the cloud. You know that? You look through the Bible. Anytime there's a cloud, God speaks. But what do we do? We see the cloud and we react with our flesh and go, oh no, it's a storm. It's a problem. It's an issue. But if you step back and go, what are you saying, God? God will speak to you in the storm. Faith and persistence. Persistence is one of those really horrible words, isn't it? It's like the other word that starts with P. Patience. You know, people go, I prayed, it didn't happen. I prayed, and it didn't happen. So therefore, it goes, no, no, it's actually, it says, with faith and patience, you inherit the promises of God. And people say to me, but how long do I have to wait? Well, let me tell you about a guy who really had to wait. All right, this guy's a hero. He didn't have it all together, as you'll find out, but this guy is one of my heroes. His name is Zacharias. We're doing, the, we're doing the characters of the Bible this month. Characters of the Bible. Characters of Christmas. The people of Christmas. You know, and we, we see Jesus and we often see Mary, you know, but we don't really see often what's happening around them and the people around them. And there's this awesome guy, awesome couple really, but this amazing guy called Zacharias. And let me tell you about Zacharias. Zacharias was a priest. And he would go in and he was one of, the, one of the head priests and they would do all the, the priestly things. He was like the church pastor. One of the pastors on, on the church because they had a pretty big church there and he'd do his thing. And Zacharias was not a young guy. He was quite old, getting towards the end of his life. And every year they would have certain times where they would actually, where God would appoint one of the priests to come in and they would actually come in to the Holy of Holies. Now, how, how it worked is like you've got the general temple like this, all right? So you had this, this open court area where pretty well anybody could go. They sort of had to do their cleansing ritual, but they go into there. Then beyond that, there was another section where only the male Jews could go. All right, when they've been through the cleansing ceremony. Then there was the other guys that, you know. <laughs> Sorry, you can't see that, can you? Because the screen's in the way. But there was the Holy of Holies. And there was this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the rest of the place. And in the Holy of Holies, the priest could only go at appointed times and only one guy at a time. And he had to go through this whole purification ritual to make sure he was right before God before he went in there because that was where God was. And they used to have these robes and they had these bells on the bottom and they used to tie a bit of rope to the guy's ankle. Because if he went in there and he hadn't got himself right with God, he'd die. Because it was in the pure, holy presence of God. And they used to listen for the bells that were on the bottom of his tunic. And if the bells stopped ringing for long enough, they'd start pulling the rope. Because it meant the guy died. Because you couldn't go in there and get him. 
Now, the awesome thing is that when Jesus died on the cross, that tent, that, sorry, that curtain was torn in half. And God said, I don't live in a box, I live in you. And you can come to him just as you are. But back then you had to go through this amazing ritual to do it. And Zacharias, they drew lots and he was the one who was drawn to go in. It was his time to go in and into the Holy of Holies and be in the presence of God and see what God had to say to his people. And so Zacharias, quite an old guy, goes on in and, and he gets in there and an angel appears to him. And he freaks out. You know, like, angel, am I about to die? That's his thinking. Because angels turn up, it usually isn't always a good thing. Sometimes they turn up to take you home. Yeah? You know, stay away from the light. And this angel turns up and says, don't stress, God's heard your prayer. And he goes, which prayer, prayer? He says, your wife Elizabeth is going to get pregnant and you're going to have a baby. Now, Zacharias, this man who was a student of the Bible, you know, who'd read of Abraham and how long he'd waited for a child, who, you know, was a man of faith, you know, and he says, look, this child you're going to have, the angel says, you know, he's going to be a forerunner to the Messiah. He's going to be this you know, amazing man that, that is dedicated to God and, and want you to do these things with him. He can't eat food, there's certain foods, and can't drink, drink. He's going to be like this. And, and Zechariah, this man full of faith, says, really? This, this is impossible. Now, see, what you speak is really important. God didn't want to kill off this seed, so he said to Zechariah, I'll make it so you can't talk anymore. Until the baby's born, because you're going to kill this seed off with your words. That's a whole other sermon. We're not going there today. But that's the power of words. That's why the angel did it. He shut him up so that he couldn't speak all the negativity that would kill off what God wanted to do. So he had to shut him up until the baby was born. Yeah, we're going, why did they do that? That's why he did it. That's the power of your words. You can kill off. You know, there's only one thing more powerful than the word of God. Do you know there is one thing more powerful the Bible says? It's tradition. The Bible says, New Testament, tradition kills off the word of God. Look it up. What's tradition? We've never done it that way before. I don't think that can happen. <laughs> Tradition. Yeah, bit on the roof. <laughs> you know, if it was tradition, I would still be in a brethren church. If I followed tradition, because my parents were brethren, my grandparents were brethren, and their parents were brethren. And they were all stalwarts of the Brethren Church. Nothing wrong with the Brethren Church. They started full of the Holy Spirit. Good word foundation. But you can't leave that. You know, if it was tradition, I wouldn't have, left, wouldn't have left my hometown. Because at the time, if you left town, you got frowned upon. Heck, I didn't go to an evening service once. And the elders came and knocked on the door. You backsliding? 
I've been on a youth camp for three days. <laughs> Backsliding. Because tradition said, when you're a brethren, you're always a brethren. Tradition says, nobody leaves Kalgoorlie and if you do, you're a sinner. Tradition says you go to the morning service and you go to the night service or you're backsliding. Tradition can kill. And he's going, I don't see it. I'm not seeing it. And so the angel shut him up. See, I told you he wasn't perfect. You don't have to be perfect for God to use you. You don't have to have everything together for God to do a miracle through you. Do you know that? Yeah, we come and we think, I've got to have it all right for God to speak to me, for for God to have me pray for somebody to be healed, for God to do a miracle in my life, for for something, something to happen, for Him to provide or something. I've got to have it all together. Hogwash, you will never, ever have it all together until you're in heaven. I'm telling you that right now. That's why Jesus died on the cross. If He waited till you had it all together, God would be very lonely. And you don't believe me? Let me show you our heroes of the faith. Abraham, this mighty man of faith, comes face to face with the king and says, no, Sarah's not my wife. She's my sister. Twice. And the king goes, cool, I'll take her as my wife. Has a dream that night and God says, I'm going to kill you. He says, what did I do? That's not his sister, it's his wife. Gives Sarah back. He did that twice. Isaac, his son, did the same thing. He didn't learn from his dad. Jacob becomes Israel. You know what Jacob means? In the context of the Old Testament, cheat and lie. He was named when he was about eight years old because of his character, not because they liked the name. He was a usurper, a cheat and a liar. Noah, this mighty man of faith, spends a hundred years building the ark. After the flood, what's the first thing he does? Does a sacrifice and then goes and gets sloshed, naked. These are our mighty heroes of the faith. You know, David, a man after God's own heart, gets a guy killed so he can take his wife because he got her pregnant. Solomon. The most wealthy man ever, full of wisdom, goes against one of God's key laws and takes a whole lot of women as his wives and ends up doing sacrifices to foreign idols. These are our heroes of the faith. And if they can't get it together, really? Yet God still heard their prayers. God still heard what they had to say. He did not say, you have to be perfect to come to me. He said, let me work through you to make perfection. You are not righteousness of your own. He says, you are the righteousness of God. Because Jesus took our unrighteousness and gave us back righteousness. So when Satan comes and goes, no, 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 go back and go, have you seen hell lately? That's your home. You don't rule hell you get to suffer there. Do you know that? You can say that to him. When he reminds you of your past, as they say, remind him of his future. 
You know, he sold this lie that, you know, the imagery that he's sitting in hell, you know, as, as the boss. He not, that's like being the boss of the sewage pit and having to live in the sewage pit. He's not the boss of hell. Hell was made for him in eternal damnation. God's the boss. Does that make sense? Because Jesus went down there and went, come on, stop me. And they couldn't. And he took the keys of life. Hell was made for Satan to suffer in. He's selling you a lie. Let's get back to Zechariah. All right. I'm going to run through certain verses here. Right? That's the story. But I want to go back through the story and, and just really grab some points out of how we can be like these people. Because Zacharias and Elizabeth were amazing people of faith. They had an understanding of God. Yeah, they didn't have it all together, but they had this amazing faith in God. First off, understand, in verse, verse 5 it says, His wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Zacharias, when he chose a wife, he chose someone of the house of God. He chose someone of the house of God. His life choices, no matter what they were, were for God first. For him to be in the position he was as priest, he was choosing God first in every area of his life. Let me tell you right now, whatever you're doing in your life, choose God. Choosing a partner, choose God. Looking at a job, God, what do you have for me? When it comes to managing your finances, choose God. When it comes to living every area of your life, choose God. These guys made choices that said, God is first in my life. God is first in my life. And it's really easy for the world to come and crowd in and sell us all this stuff that, you know, this is how it should be. This is how you're going to be. This is how it is. And you get to see what is in the natural and you go, oh, man, and you choose for the natural. Because the pressure of life comes on you. You know something? If God is full of faith and Satan is the opposite of God, what does that make Satan full of? It makes him full of fear. Satan is fear. He is afraid of his own shadow. And the way he works is by sharing his fear. Think about that. He works by sharing his fear. How does he get you to cave in for what you're believing for? How does he get you to cave in in so many areas of your life? He sows fear. Maybe it's not going to happen and fear rises up. But what if, you know, we can be like, be like Abraham. We need to help God out. You know, my finances aren't happening how they are. Maybe I need to help God out and go and get another loan and another credit card and this and that. Rather than saying, no, I have faith in God. Are you focused on the fear and getting all the information that feeds the fear or are you focused on the Word of God? Because you understand that God's way of thinking, the Bible says, is foolishness to man. If you go to somebody, you go to your doctor, and they're not a Christian, you say, I am praying to be healed, they will look at you and go, you're a fruit loop. 
Because it's foolishness to them. They don't understand it. If you go to somebody and say, I'm believing that God will provide this. And they look at you and go, don't you need to do this and this and this? No, actually, God's told me to do this and this. But this and this won't get you that. It doesn't matter. You know, the world system says, if I give you something, then you should keep it. God's system says, who can you give to? It's foolishness to the world. How do you increase by giving? You know, the world system, God's system says that you actually increase by taking away. That's God's system. To take your income, take 10% or even more, and to take that and give that into the house of God. And you'll be having abundant more. Huh? How can you take away and yet there's more? That's what faith is. It's foolishness. It makes the world system look foolish. Are you getting this? I don't know if you are. Let's keep going. Maybe we'll get it further on. All right. Second thing, verse chapter 10. Zacharias goes in and it says, The whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense. In other words, Zacharias is inside meeting with God and the whole community is outside praying and interceding for him. Point number two, you never do life alone. You never do life alone. There are times when you're by yourself But you never do life alone. If you want to be all God made you to be, then you've got to do that in community. You have to do it through connection. And the more connected you are, the better off it is for you. The more connected you are to the house of God, the better off it is for you. To make that really clear. I'm not just peddling this because, you know, hey, I'm the pastor of a church and it's my job to, you know, make sure that we're growing and increasing and so on. It's actually not my job. Jesus said he'll build his house, his church. My job is to do whatever he tells me to do. It's his job to do this. But what's really important for long-term sustainability of your Christian walk is to be connected with the house of God and not just connected, oh yeah, I turn up at church, but to be involved. The people in the community were involved. They were outside and they were praying and they were interceding and they were pulling together. They had no idea what was happening inside and yet they stood with faith and prayed. They were engaged. They were involved. You want to be a strong Christian. You want to overcome the season of of ridiculousness that happens around you. You have to be connected to God and put that first and foremost. You have to be connected to his community, which is his church. You have to buy in and make a decision, no matter what, that you're in. And that's not easy sometimes, even for me. There are times I'd love to head off and do something a whole lot more attractive, seemingly. You know, I could go and just work during the week and have weekends off. Yeah, like that'll ever happen. I could go and find, you know, a nice big established church and and go and pastor them and it'll all be nice and quiet and peaceful and, you know, 
because that's how it all works. But it's not. When God has put a vision in your heart, it's when in the down times that your true character shows through. It's when you're struggling that you really know whether it's a vision from God or not and whether you own it or not. It's when it's tough. It's when you don't want to get out of bed. It's when you don't want to make the phone call. It's when you don't feel like praying. It's when you don't feel like reading the Bible that you go, no. You know, it says in, uh, in Habakkuk, you know, to write the vision and make it plain. That when you read it, you may run. And it goes on to say that, if you, basically, if you, to paraphrase, if you don't speak your vision, it will speak about you. In other words, if you're not speaking your vision and living out your vision, it's going to show because the vision is around you and it actually becomes like a condemnation upon you because you're not doing the vision that God put within you. You need to do what God has called you to do. And, but you know what Satan's tactic is? He'll get you distracted. And he puts pressure on other areas that create fear. And we let go of what God has for us rather than being in faith. How do you push back on that? One is you get connected. You stay connected. Two, you get the word of God into you and you pump it through your life like nothing else. And when you get that victory, you go back and you get more word because you need it for the next time. You see, faith leaks. You know, we think, oh, I've got faith for this. Cool. But you know what happens? If you don't keep maintaining and putting in faith, it goes like this. You've got to keep putting it back in and putting it back in. We've got to stay in the Word of God and we've got to stay connected to each other. Does that make sense? It's the whole coal by the fire thing, you know. Take the bit of wood off the fire. Yeah, we did it on camp. Throwing all the wood on, it's all burning. How do we put the fire out? We took the big pieces off and we separated them from the rest of the fire. And what happened? They started to go cool. And we threw dirt and water over them, just like life throws dirt and water over you. And what happens if you separate it from the fire? You know, if I've got a big blazing fire here and I take a bucket full of dirt and I throw it over that fire, that fire will not go out. It might be affected a little bit, but it won't go out. Why? Because that bit that got the dirt on it is surrounded by a whole lot of bits that didn't, that are strong, and they will take over and overcome it. You can throw a whole lot of water onto a great big fire. You know, you ask a fireman this. They stand there with the hose. You know, if this whole thing was a fire and they stood here with a hose, it would not put the fire out. Why? Because the flames around are stronger than the water that's going in. And it takes a long, sustained effort to put that fire out. But if you take, you know, you took one of these beams and you put it over here and it was burning by itself and then we chucked water on it, that beam's going to go out, isn't it? Why? Because it's separated. Zacharias was in community. So therefore he could stay in faith, even though he's old. It goes on further on, because the angel says, verse 13, the angel says, your prayer is heard. This guy is old. His wife is beyond childbearing years, but he's still praying. How do you keep praying when it looks impossible? You're too old and you're not, it's just you're not going to happen because they're in community of faith. 
and they've got people standing with them. When you stay connected to God, when you're putting in his word and you stay in community, faith rises up and faith sustains when it looks impossible. They're still praying. They're well, I mean, this guy's heading towards the end of their life. It's almost over and they're still praying for a son. And God heard their prayer, but God had an appointed time. The verse that Dale talked about in Isaiah 60 you know, a small one becomes a thousand, a little one a great nation. The rest of that verse says, God will hasten it in his time. You want to be in the time of God. God has a perfect time for your life. I look at us and, you know, the churches we've planted and churches we've started and the vision we've had, and it's sort of like going, we haven't ever quite achieved the vision that God gave us. But that's because God has an appointed time. Faith and patience inherits the promises of God. You want to be in God's time. And God had a time for Zacharias and Elizabeth because he had a special job for their son because their son became John the Baptist who was the forerunner of Christ saying, here he is. Otherwise people wouldn't know who he was. He needed someone to be the herald, someone to stand up and say, this is the guy you've been looking for. And so he withheld a child from Zacharias and Elizabeth until it was that appointed time. And they proved themselves that they were faithful. Because the next thing the angel says to him is, he'll be great in the sight of the Lord, he shall drink neither wine nor strong drink and be filled with the Holy Spirit. God trusted them to bring up John the Baptist in the way that they wanted, the way that God wanted. That he was only to eat certain foods, only to drink certain things. And he was to be a certain type of guy. God said, I can trust you to do this. Here is the job. My final point is, when God has something in your life to do, find out how he wants to do it. Find out how he wants to do it because he's got a plan that probably has nothing to do with the way you think it is. You know, I can, I can give you all the rules of church planting and then I can tell you all the ones that we broke because God said to break them. Because you know who builds the church? Not us. God does. You know, we could have done all the rules. We would have ended up with a church, probably even more people sitting here. But you know what? We did that previously, and we actually didn't like going to church. I used to rock them and go, I don't like these people. Seriously, we didn't like them. And, and we'd be preaching, and we'd be preaching about healing, and one of the guys says, oh, you've heard that before. And I'm going... Well, I need to hear it every day. I don't know about you. No, no, we've heard that stuff before. It's all right. We've we've moved on from that. How do you move on from faith? Faith is everything in the Bible. Well, it's not everything in the Bible, but it's in everything in the Bible. Yeah? You know, you can't have love without faith. You can't have hope without faith. You actually can't have patience without faith. James says this. 
He says, have faith, then add to your faith. Persistence, love, joy. He goes through the whole list. You can't have joy without faith. You know that? Because when you're down, joy is not, oh, I feel happy. Joy is, it doesn't matter what's going on around me. I celebrate who I am in God. That takes faith. You can't have love without faith because Jesus said to love God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength. That takes faith. Then he says something even more challenging to us. Love your neighbor as yourself. Who's your neighbor? The person you don't like. Love them. That takes faith. Peace. You know what peace is? Peace is when the storm is raging about you. You're good. That takes faith. Shall I keep going? Faith is in everything. It isn't everything, but it's in everything. And these guys are going, yeah, we're over that stuff. I'm going, I don't want to be here. I want people who want more of God, not sitting back going, yeah, we're happy. I said to God, I'd rather rock up the church where there were five people hungry for you than 500 people who are like, yeah, we're doing our Sunday thing. And this is the sort of person that Zachariah and Elizabeth are. God was their everything. He was their first and last, their alpha, their omega. They chose for him. They connected into community and gave and received in that community. They were people of prayer and persistent Ongoing prayer, even when it looked like there was no way it could happen. They kept praying. Man, that's faith, isn't it? They kept believing. Because God's word said, God's word said, God's word said. And then they followed God's instructions, not the way they would have done it. I mean, you can't tell me Elizabeth hadn't worked out how she was going to raise this child. She hadn't dreamed of, you know, the things, oh, the things I want to do with this child and, and how I'm going to raise this child. And, and this is, oh, you know, I'll, I'll bake him beautiful, you know, cakes. And, oh, as he grows older, we'll sit out and have a nice, you know, bit of vino on the front veranda together. And, you know, we'll go and tread the grapes together. And John the Baptist couldn't do some of those things because God said, this is how you are to raise him. And they had to make a choice to do things God's way. Let me encourage you. Don't let go of what God has for you. Don't look at your situation and go, it can't happen. Choose God. Stay connected to him and to his community. Stay connected to his word. Be a person of prayer, persistent prayer. The only way you can be a persistent prayer like that is if you're putting the Word of God in every day. Every day you've got to be putting it in. i got all these cards that sit by my bed, right next to, uh, sit on my, on my lamp because my lamp's got a little base. And they've just got about, there's about 10, 15 verses in there that I just go through and just every morning and night, just speak them, just speak them out. And I've rewritten them so that it's, it's me, You know, because God supplies all my needs. It says things like, when I lay hands on the sick, they recover. 
Because these are the words of God and his promises to us. And I take them and I speak them. Because that's the only way I can pray is if I'm putting that word in every day. To step into what he has. Zacharias and Elizabeth became the parents of one of the most amazing men in history. A guy who got to herald Christ the King. You know what? We now have that responsibility. We get to herald Christ the King. We get to say, do you know Jesus? Let me introduce you to him, just like John the Baptist did. That's our job, but it's a job of faith. Understand, you don't have to be perfect to share Jesus. You don't have to have your life all together to be walking a life of faith. You don't have to be in perfection. But you do need to choose God. You do need to stay connected to him and to his church. You do need to be a person of prayer and his word. And you do need to be one who listens to what God says and do things his way. Faith and patience inherits the promises of God. These guys waited till they were very, very old. You know, she would have been dreaming from when she was about 15 of having a child. Abraham and Sarah, now she's in her 80s before they got their child. And we complain about waiting a day. If you do things God's way, he has a way. We okay? Let's pray. Father, I thank you. You are an awesome God. I thank you that you have a plan and a purpose for our lives. Father, we thank you for the example of Zacharias and Elizabeth. Lord, their hearts after you. Lord, help us to have a heart that is after you, that seeks to do things your way, to be a people that, that read your word and consume your word and make it a part of us. Lord, a people of prayer that come to you, Lord, with our requests and just seeking you, that we will receive the fullness of all that you have for us, that you will be glorified through our lives. Lord, we thank you for faith. We thank you for patience. And we thank you for your promise and your word. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen.